0: Hello and welcome to the Respectfully podcast. I'm Nikki Pope, your host for this hairdressing conversation. My guest for this edition of Respectfully is Mauro Carraro, photographer. From working on a local rag as a teenager to working for the national papers, Maro has an eye for a great picture and the charisma to get into the right parties and events. As a young man he was soon a recognised paparazzi photographing celebrities and royalty. From those days, pestering the Buckingham Palace press office or working for the Glossy magazine, Morrow pitched up as staff photographer on hairdressing brands including Tony and Guy and later TG. From studio shoots to commercial campaigns, photographing and filming events and shows, Morrow has become a name in his own right. I'm keen to find out what he's up to now and where he thinks photography and filmmaking can help hairdressers in the industry today. Tomorrow, welcome to the Respectfully Podcast studio. Thank you, Nikki. Nice to see you here um, and to see the whole of your face without a camera in front of it. Um, so I wanted to ask you to, to join us for a conversation. Photography and film is endlessly interesting to hairdressers and very sort of necessary in the way that everyone works. And we're all really talking a lot at the moment about AI. So artificial intelligence, do we even need photographers? Do we even need hairdressers anymore? There's so much to talk about. What's the biggest thing people are talking about to you? Is it AI?
1: Um, yeah, yes, yes, to a certain degree. People keep, yeah, keep people keep asking, you know, oh, what, how's AI affecting you? How's AI doing? And to be perfectly honest with you, um, it, it, it's there. And yes, there's some some really interesting things happening. You know, a lot of hairdressers are out there, kind of manipulating some of their old imagery to to, to come back with, oh, look what I've done. But I don't know if 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 AI is really going to replace creativity, um, you still have to have that eye. You still have to have that understanding of what things are supposed to look like, or what things are interesting, or what things appeal. Yeah. Um, so even though AI is there, it's still just a tool yeah, for someone a tool, to absolutely. use. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So it's only it's only as good as you're going to use it because. You know, very obviously for photography in particular, you've kind of already been through that pain barrier with iPhones, smartphones, and digital photography. In a way, is like there was such concern that that was replacing photographers.
1: Well, um, I guess the, the the biggest thing that's that's that, that I found as an innovation is yes, Photoshop. Um, the photography side of it uh, or digital cameras. I mean, uh, yes. We all be cried it, and I think I started off by saying, "Oh, I'm never going to stop shooting film. Never going to (laughs) go digital." And then in the end, it was kind of like, you know, I I ended up opening up a a digital studio with Anthony because economics basically meant why would you want to shoot and spend hundreds of thousands of pounds on film and processing throughout the year when you can buy a camera that that, that basically. You can shoot as many pictures as you want. You don't have to worry about how much it costs. Yeah. Um, so yes, Photoshop for me has most probably been the biggest innovation for hair photography, purely simply because it, it allows you to fix the things that you didn't quite get right, yeah. or, or it allows you to, to, to polish that image that you really, really wanted to make perfect. Um, and I think that, to me... Is really what's what's been the biggest inroad in in, in hair photography over the yeah. last twenty years.
0: Yeah, yeah, and fix things like lighting. We're not necessarily talking about fixing hair. It's it's the sort of the environment that the photograph was taken, and you can fix. There's
1: there's all, there's all sorts of things that you can do in Photoshop. Yes, um, obviously. The reason you choose a professional photographer is because they have a reputation, um, they have a portfolio of images that you've seen, and you think, Oh wow, that's really good. Usually, that's because of the way they've shot something, so it's their lighting setup, the way they look at uh, how a, uh, a model reacts. Um, but then, yes, maybe you've had a slight mistake with a hair light not being in the right place and too much light spilling on the face. So you want to knock it back a little yeah. bit. So yes, you can correct little patches, you can fix little things. But yeah, really, it's kind of like, oh, I didn't quite get the texture right on the hair in that place. Maybe if we just tweaked it a little bit, bent it a little bit, just tried to to, to manipulate it a little bit, it would then give you that sort of texture, that look, or that finish, you know, that end silhouette that yeah. you really, really wanted to try and achieve.
0: Yeah, yeah. So let's dial it back a bit. I've known you for a long time as a, <laughs> a, as a name, as a very busy um, person. What are you saying? saying I'm old. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm putting my hands up to how old I am. Let's not put a number on it. But we, I've known you as, as very um, busy and very much a, a name in the hairdressing industry. But you had a life before that. Just take us back to how you started in photography and what your sort of... Little backstory is
1: again. I think it's it's a bit like hairdressers, um, photographers, and hairdressers. Are, are, their careers are in, in my mind are in, inextricably connected. Um, I started as a Saturday boy, um, working in my local wedding and passport photography shop, processing uh, films and printing films for uh, the, the the wedding photographer who'd gone out to do the weddings, come back, process the films, and then go back in the evening to sell the prints to the to the to, to the guests. Um, that led me into working for my local newspaper uh, and then working for my local newspaper that led me to working for um, national newspapers. Um, and I had a, a career of 25 years basically working in, 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 in the newspaper, business. well I say the newspaper business, I progressed into the magazine world, so things like Hello Magazine, You Magazine, um, all those sort of celebrity-driven magazines yeah. uh, were very much, or are very much, a part of my my past. I mean, you'll see yeah. from my Instagram, I've got loads of old pictures of yeah. famous people.
0: And doing a combination of sort of reportage type, you know, um, covering events and concerts and and press trips and royal trips, and studio things, or did that come after?
1: So, so my my initial. Um, Start in life was basically as a reportage photographer, or some people would call it paparazzi photographer. I mean, it depends which way you'd look at it. Um, yeah. The 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 whole thing of of chasing after a celebrity who who's at a restaurant at night um, to get that picture of them. I mean, I, you know, that London's always been a very vibrant place, so it's a great hunting ground for for yeah. photographers. Um, and and even the the even even just. Like being on set or being at a press call, um, you you'd want to try and capture something different to give you a picture that basically, when you went back, your editor would then go, "Oh yeah, I want to use that big yeah. on page three or big on page, you know, front page or something like that." So it's kind of like, and again, you know, this is the the connection with hairdressers. It's that creative anxiety. It's that, oh my God, have I done a good enough job? Is uh, does it look okay? Uh, which is why I think you know, photographers and, and hairdressers are. You know, they're, they're, they're one in the same. I mean, there are so yeah. many famous hairdressers who've become photographers, great yeah. photographers, yeah, you
0: know, yeah. That really interesting. So, so bringing you into the hairdressing world, you have a, you were, were friends already, I think, with the Muscolo family.
1: Yes, um, we, we both or we the families lived in a, a similar part of London down in Clapham. Um, Anthony's dad used to cut my mum's hair. I uh, used to do my mum's hair. Yeah. And um, Tony, Guy, uh, Bruno, they used to go to my dad's restaurant. They used to go up there and, and entertain. So it's kind of like the, the, and we used to share Christmases together. And Anthony and I are similar ages. So at the age of like 10, 11 years old, we used to play as kids together. We went to different schools, but because we were in the similar streets in, in Clapham, we would often meet up after school. Um, he'd come over for dinner, um, and yeah, you know, he got me in trouble a few times with my mum, you know, for doing things that we shouldn't have done, but, although he says it was my fault, but anyway.
0: (laughs) you need to let that go now. (laughs) So you, so moving from the sort of, the, the magazines, the glossy magazines, the sort of celebrity world, into hairdressing in around when would that have been around the 90s
1: yes well there was a there was a, a fledgling thing that was starting up in the 90s and and i have a you know i have a lot of friends who are hairdressers or i have a lot of friends who who who, who went into that side of the business. i mean my other great buddy is a guy called sean hannah yeah. um who, whom you know um and he started up his um, salon business in a place called worcester park and he approached me and said oh look i've got this um Competition. I want to enter some pictures for you know. Can you come to my salon? I mean, you know, the first shoot we did for it, man. I, I look back at those pictures now, and it's like, oh my god. <laughs> um, and but it was, you know, it was the start of the BHAs. It was the right. start. It was the, the start of Awards yes. It was the start. Off. It was the start of 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 hairdressers being recognised nationally, um, and and hairdressers journal. I mean, you know, it's a great thing that they started up back then, and it, and it was it was it's been a great way of promoting um, the industry um and again through yeah. photography you know yes
0: because it was the first photographic competition that i'm aware of was certainly the one that's that's endured and it it was always about entering a collection mm. that was a question was it always a collection at
1: the... yes yeah it was always a collection it's always been you know like a, 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 an idea for a collection right um in other words what what's the fashion? What's going on? I mean, again, I think I think the idea of a photographic collection or a group of pictures to depict a, a photographic collection stems from you know the the initial hairdressing competitions. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Blackpool one of the places that they used to oh, have? Oh, that's
0: a, right. Yes, the Winter we, Gardens. They used, they used to, to be to have the a, hair championships.
1: That's right. So they all used to go up there, and basically they would tease hair or create hair in such a way that. This is the latest fashions. I mean, at the time, yeah. I think it was beehives and and all the rest of it. I know way too much about hairdressing for a <laughs> photographer. Um, and and those, I think, were the competitions where people like Weezy, um, Vidal Sassoon, all those sort of people used to go along and compete. Yeah. So 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 competition for a hairdresser um, it, it is something that they've they've always wanted to do. Yeah. Because it it, it pushes them. It pushes yeah, their challenging, boundaries.
0: and it makes you you know create new things
1: as well as as well as obviously giving people an idea of what you're about in other words you know this is what i think yeah. hair should look like yeah yeah um and yeah the BHAs were just just uh it was always excitement There was always there's always been anxiety excitement um lots of hard work that's always gone into producing these things and Still to this day, I mean, I yeah. just shot my daughter's. <laughs> I, I tell you what a fight that was for a month.
0: <laughs> oh gosh! But, but just staying with those sort of early days in the sort of nineties, what was what do you recall as being the preoccupation for creating a hair collection then? What were the things? What would be the challenges? Um, so I, th- I, th-
1: I think the 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 the, the initial start was was basically the the. Uh, it was an unknown, and obviously there were no boundaries, which is kind of where it's still at now, really. Yeah. Um, and so, you 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 went off to try and create an image or a set of images that you thought nobody else had thought of. Yeah. Um, so the the, the, the challenges are, are multiple. Which is, how do you make? How do you find the sort of girls that fit the sort of thing that you want to project? Yeah. Um, how do you create technically something that nobody else has thought of doing? Yeah, and how do you then portray that uh, with with the way you get the models to pose or stand? I mean, yeah. so shot so, so many different um, types of collections. Some based on fashion, some based just on hair. There's there's all sorts of different fashions that the the British Hairdressing Awards has gone through. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of great photographers have, have come out of shooting um, BHAs. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. a- Anthony Muscolo himself um, decided to start taking up photography because basically he couldn't find a photographer that was, could see hair the way he the way saw he wants it. wants
0: to see it. So I think Tony and Guy, I would say, from my my observations over through the 90s, they were the first company that I think of who really connected with the high street, the commercial aspect, that using photography to show what the clients might want to ask for, using photography as a way to um, release their menu, if you like, for the year, which arguably also Sassoon was doing, but that was a more sort of rarefied kind of hair, I think. But I always think of Tony and Guy as being very street collections. This was the sort of the look that we're going to stay with for the year that all the salons would have.
1: So, the, so, so the Tony and Guy phenomenon yeah, <laughs> uh, is quite is quite intriguing. Um, I've I've lived it for fifty years uh, or, or longer, and it, it, it's really interesting to, to understand that he, here are four brothers who basically all had their own individual skills. Tony being the businessman, Guy being the the, the great uh, uh, entertainer, and 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 welcoming the guests and then you had Bruno who was the great um, marketeer who had all the sort of ideas and then you had Anthony who was this creative who who could, you could realize, actually do it yeah. realize the ideas for them um, and I think that was the strength so what they did was they formed a team around them and I remember while I was at college going up to the Tony and guy salon in um, Davis Street yeah. and on their model nights on a Monday night um, They'd be doing models, and Bruno would say to me, oh, take some pictures, take some pictures. And then he'd take those pictures out and try and hawk them round. Things like Miss London and Girl yes, About Town, yes. the sort of the, 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 the freebie magazines that were knocking around. Um, and those, those really loose styles or ideas that they put together basically was, was what people wanted to wear. Mm-hmm. Um, and because then they were being seen in, in, in popular magazines... They were then starting to get clients coming in through the door, asking for those styles. So that principle, Tony and Guy then deployed throughout their shops. In the shop windows, they would have these looks that people wanted to wear. In their collections that they used to put together for education, and this is where Tony was very clever, he would sell the Tony and Guy education to anybody, you know, as as we all say in the business, or as, as I've said in the business many times, there's no such thing as a good secret. If you want something to become famous, yeah. you have to tell have everybody to about it. it. Yeah. You have to share it. And that's the one thing Tony and Guy always did. Yeah. They were always very sharing. They were always, I came from the newspaper business to work for Tony and Guy and it was a big change. You know, I was in a newspaper business that was very secretive. And then here I was working for Tony and Guy, and it was like, no, no, you've got to tell everybody about everything. Yeah, there's no point keeping it to yourself because if you keep it to yourself, you don't share it. You're not helping anybody. Yeah, um, and so that idea of of of. Sharing these ideas and every year coming up with a new collection drove the business. It drove new people in through the door as customers to put on their chair. It drove new educational seminars that they could sell to the large product companies for their team to go out and, 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 and do. And then it also dro- drove their in-house team to want to become part of that top um, creative uh, uh, um, uh, s- stylists that would go out on stage and perform these haircuts for people. Yeah. So it was kind of like you know be- becoming that sort of famous art director. Um, and there are so many famous art directors that we now see from the Tony and Guy yeah. era yeah. out there in in the hairdressing world now. So yeah. I mean you know if you think of that as a principle, you know don't hide it, share it, yeah. educate as much as you can, as often as you can, and show that to everybody, what's the one way you can do that? Yeah. With photography.
0: Photography, yeah, really interesting, it's really interesting. So, these days, we still, are, well, luckily for magazines um, and for, for media companies such as myself, people are still quite focused on collections. Is that entirely driven by awards? Or do you think that there is a reason why we need a collection?
1: There's a, there's a ma- massive reason why I think of a on every year, and I would say every year because obviously it's drive more business for me. But yeah. Look, I, economics doesn't. It, you should at least once a year or once every two years create a new collection. If you think about where we're at with media these days, you need a lot of, of awareness out there, whether it's social media or, or in the old days, it used to be leaflet drops, local local newspaper. Yeah articles so or or local newspaper adverts um so you need imagery yeah now okay the bha is there and it's kind of the top and it's kind of really really top creative but if you look at creating your collection as something to drive your business and then you put it in and it does well then there's you get a twofold return from it yeah so should everybody be creating collections yes should you get all your stylists every day to be taking pictures on their phones of the hairstyles they're doing? Yes. Should you be looking at having a small little studio area in your salon to take nice pictures of the clients that come in, like with a little ring light and all those things? Yes. All of that is important image making for you yeah. to drive your business and tell people out there, here we are, this is what we do, this is how good we can make you look.
0: Yep, Yeah. yeah. No, no, I totally agree. So why, um, what's your pitch for still using a professional photographer? Because some people are fairly decent at using a a smartphone, if you like, and and these phones can do anything and everything. What would be your um, making the case for saying, this is what a professional photographer will do for you?
1: I I think... um and, 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 I, and I think you, you need to be specific with the type of photographer you choose. Right. So I, I think that what you will learn from using a professional photographer, you won't get anywhere else. So even if you treated that one day, I mean, I, we used to, when, when I was at TG, we used to run a course um, and, and we used to sell a lot of products by offering that course. Um, and it was a photography course or, yeah. or a photo shoot day. Yeah. Um, and... What people took back from that day was basically more information than they would have learned in the year by trying to do it themselves. Right. So, it's a really,
0: shortcut. It saves you all that year of trial and error.
1: Yes. Yes. There is that part, but it's also a, a, a it's also an inspirational day. So your team will come along and they'll be motivated from like, oh, look what I managed to create. And the reason you managed to create that is because you've had a professional photographer helping you guide you through that. Right having said that um i wouldn't dismiss working with amateur photographers to try and bolster your team's experience um in fact you know if you set up a photo shoot once every two or three months using an amateur photographer it it isn't it isn't long before you start to build up a relationship and that amateur photographer then becomes a professional photographer and you you both grow together so the the truth is yes that professional photographer is going to give you an edge that no other you won't find anywhere else but the truth is it's also a relationship that you need to build up so using somebody who isn't a professional photographer is also not a bad thing so although yeah I'm probably not doing myself any favours but you know it, it no
0: but it's about building a rapport but it's I, for me over the the several decades that I've now been working with hairdressing and and hair shoots and, and imagery I think what a, a photographer a professional photographer does is they are looking at the whole image
1: um a professional photographer is, is, is yes, the bandmaster. Yeah. You know, when you're doing a shoot, there's lots of different elements, lots of different people, and you need that one person at the top who can direct everybody. In other yeah. words, who sees the vision, understands what it is you're trying to achieve, and then steers it in the right way. Yeah. Um, I still think I still think the photographer and the hairdresser are the two people that really need to decide what the total look should be. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm I'm always forever, you know, arguing that the hairdresser needs to stand right beside me as I'm taking pictures. And, you know, nine times out of ten, they're running off because there's a another model they need to try and do. Yeah. Um, but really, you know, as I'm shooting, I want them to be there looking at it because... And again, I think this is why Anthony became a photographer, why Robert Labetta became a photographer, yeah. and why John Rawson became a photographer, yeah. is because they can look at what the photographer's taking... And see how the hair needs to be tweaked, how the light is falling on the hair yeah. to not to give it that texture. So Absolutely. although you need the professional photographer, the, the, you also need a professional hairdresser.
0: Yeah, well, and I would say you need a hair photographer as mm. well. Somebody who's got experience in photographing hair, or at least people like a portrait photographer.
1: And to be perfectly honest with you, you know, your the relationship between you. Photographer and hairdresser is 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 one of communication of understanding how it's all supposed to work, um, how yeah. how it's all supposed to come together. Um, you know, we we worked for many years. You know, Anthony was always very keen to have more than one photographer on the shoots that we were doing for the campaigns, purely and simply because it was you had four different sets of eyes. So on on, on in one collection shot over a week, we could produce four three or four different collection three or four different ways yeah. of looking at it yeah and that's that's how we used to produce the books that TG used to produce which which had all those different imagery with different styles to them um, it was the same model the same hairstyle because obviously we were educating the same way of how to cut it but they had different looks and different feels so yes you know instructing Someone, by looking at the picture, is very important. But then you can change how that picture looks by how you communicate through it. So, yes, it's very important.
0: Yeah, yeah. I want to talk to you also about film. I'm very focused, if not obsessed, on trying to encourage hairdressers to do more with film because I think that's really sort of where we are now. And I think that's, you know, because you can... You know, fiddle around with things in Photoshop because you've even got AI now creating pictures. I think for me, the real experience is on film. Um, I want all the hairdressers out there to have a decent piece of film, a decent biography on film. You know, something that you can put two minutes. This is me. This is what I'm doing. And taking film of events. We've got a platform, Hair Clips TV. Um, how do you feel about that? Are you are you? Up with that, as much as I am, or bit, no, no, yeah, no,
1: absolutely. I mean, and and, and you know, we we. I'm I'm now shooting with cameras that shoot video film um, at the same time as shooting stills. Yeah. In fact, I'd say it's slightly swinging the other way. You know, sixty percent, seventy percent of of what I'm shooting is moving image rather than stills image. Um, yeah. I think people relate to a, a video film more. Than a still these days because there's somebody standing there talking to them explaining yeah, we something. We
0: can't fake it as much. I think that's for me one of the things. No,
1: you can't. Well, some some people <laughs> argue you can because if you look at some of the big films and how they produce things. Well, that's true. Um, but no, I th- I think. There's there's a there's a genuineness to to how people come across. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, I like to do interviews. I like documentary style yeah. filmmaking. That's kind of you know w- where my background is. I like talking to people. I like getting them to talk. Yeah. Um, and when you get them to talk, doesn't necessarily they don't necessarily say the, the right thing at the right time or in the right order. Um, and that's the beauty of film is, or, or video. You can chop it all around, yeah. and then suddenly make quite a cohesive statement yeah. come from 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 what's being said. Add to that some nice looking pictures over the top of it, and all of a sudden you've got something that looks for quite professional yeah. um, and 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 really interesting. So yes, you know it, it's telling a story, and I think you know this is. Your and my background is in yeah. is in is in uh, media, and and media is all about telling stories, yeah. all about relating to people um, things that are happening in the world.
0: Yeah, and I think that also if you need to sort of up your interest in film because that's what the social media is asking for, and that's how we communicate. I mean, i quite like even sending video messages to people from yes. time to time. You know, for me, I think just different ways. It, it's really.
1: Yes, and, and for instance, a lot of campaigns um, that I'm, I'm working with for salons, what we will do is we will get the 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 real models because a lot of a lot of salons are doing real model campaigns so what they're doing is they're getting not good looking people but genuine people to come in who have their hair done who look good Uh, and then they're putting those stories out on their social media and what they're doing at the same time is they're also filming those people to talk about it so what you've got is you've got a genuine endorsement from a client that you've made look good yeah and how 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 much bigger of a statement yes
0: it's very compelling if you've got somebody saying look at me I look fantastic but I feel fantastic I think that's that's and this
1: is all down to you know my friend here my hairdresser I mean I I always relate you know whenever I used to run the course I always relate the story of you most probably have a longer relationship with your hairdresser than you do with your husband. Yeah. Purely and simply because, you know, it's very hard to find a hairdresser (laughs) that does your hair the way you want it every time. Yeah, yeah. Whereas husbands, were
0: Not Not always so obedient. No. That's that's true. So so it's been lovely having this conversation. Where are you sort of, you know, you've been in this industry, well, you've been in photography a long time, you've been in hairdressing a long time. What really makes, What's interesting for you? What sort of you know makes you get up in the morning? What's what's your?
1: Um, I I like working with innovative brands. I think that was the reason I, I, I took the role on at um, TG back in 2000 at the yeah. start. You... when when the stick fir- when the bed head stick first came out, there was such a buzz around it. Um, and then the manipulator range came out, and then range after you know product after product after product came out. And I love that whole feeling of of, of how one little product can suddenly really make a difference to a company, to a business, to people's lives. I, I know it sounds crazy, but you know that, that whole idea of waking up in the morning putting something in your hair, you know, having a shower, putting something in your hair and then heading out the door to work was such a fabulous idea. Um, You know, that whole name, Bedhead, um, has has been so brilliant. Um, That's really what, what I I see brands that come up and I see brands that have that shine um, that TG did uh, when it first started. And, that's really where I'd like to be. I'd like to be back with that that those sort of products or those sort of brands or those kind of innovative people who want to take a chance, who want to take a risk. Yeah. Um, it was great the last ten years I had at TG, um, being part of the Unilever family, and you know, bless them, really interesting working with there, with with them and what they were doing. Compliance is a beast in itself, and. Mm. I kind of feel that it stifles innovation. It stifles creativity. Um, I understand it and I get it. You know, you get a large company, you don't want to be sued.
0: No, and every decision is made by committee. I think it's just a different animal, if you like. But the sort of energy that comes with, I don't know, startups or more entrepreneurial or... Mm sort of slightly
1: more independent disruptive that's that's the word that Unilever used to use all the time when they used to talk about TG it's a disruptive brand you know yeah. it's it's the innovator of creativity and you know yeah we were you know we were, yeah. you know we, we still are you know yeah. I think the people that work there that you know I'm still in touch with a lot of them but we still work together we still work together on projects I, I you know and that's what I love doing I love seeing something start off as a little embryo yeah. and end up becoming something that everybody wants you know yeah. that's 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 really what it's all about that's yeah. kind of what it was like in newspapers you know you'd go out you'd hunt a picture and if that picture was so great you'd end up on the front page the following day i'd be on the phone to all my family going oh look what i got yeah look what the I got. buzz
0: yes <laughs> now i can see that i can see the the uh, the, the mirroring art Absolutely fascinating! Thank you so much for no, sharing that with us. My I uh, I think it's really hopefully th- people th- have. Thank helped.
1: you for a great magazine. I love the magazine. I love oh, how how stylish, how really creative um, the photography that's in there.
0: Thank you very much. Well, mutual mutual congratulations. Thank you very much. Nice to have you with us. Thanks, Mauro. Mm-hmm. Thank you to my guest, Mario Carraro. I found that really interesting, and I'm sure you will have done too. He has got such a wealth of knowledge about photography and film. If you like what you heard, please jump over to the Respectfully Podcast library, which you can find on respectyou.me, iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast platforms. Until next time, goodbye.